Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB Podcast here from Ausbiz. It is July the 20th. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Carl Rodder. Carl, it's, uh, wow, it was a pretty big day. It was a huge day, um, really positive. And you've got to sort of ask yourself in these sort of situations if price signals are actually telling us anything because it was a real broad-based move, um, really, really strong upswing both on Wall Street and locally as well. Clearly, there are a lot of hurdles to clear, but you can't say it wasn't a positive day. And we finished at the sesh- uh, the um, highs of the day as well. So pretty there bullish. There we go. Yeah, it, uh, we had big gains coming through, and uh, that followed a massive surge on Wall Street. In fact, I think I heard uh, Chris Weston from Pepperstone at the mm. other side of the day saying I think it was 98.6% of constituents on the S&P 500 That's finished higher. That uh, is yeah, Just relentless buying, and not many uh, people willing to go and sell in this kind of environment. Look, we had a pretty familiar story here on the local market. Every single sector closed higher today. Uh, look, uh, some massive gains coming through. As we saw on Wall Street, the tech sector doing really well here, up close to 4%. Also, materials. Uh, was up two and a half percent. There's no real move, I've got to say, in the uh, the commodity futures in China, but just everything was uh, was bought up. We've seen a bit of weakness in that space, so I called it a barbell bonanza today. It was uh, yeah, barbell strategy was working well. <laughs> well done, well done. No, I think that sums it up. I couldn't possibly add to it. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the laggards <laughs> were uh, healthcare and consumer staples. They uh, they only increased 08 percent and 04 percent respectively. Oh, so right, what is this market? That that kind of day. Uh, look, in terms of the individual stock level, uh, Megaport. Uh, we know it's had a mega loss uh, over. The uh, the, the past uh, past year or so when it comes to share price performance, but it was a mega gain today. It was up twenty two point six percent. It was one of the most shorted stocks in the market as well. I dare say a few short sellers of, uh, no, going home with their tail between their legs today after that one. Uh, also, some big gains coming through. Brain chip, it's a big bounce back up at fourteen percent or so. Zip as well. Uh, no, it was in the low forty cent region. Of course, it was over thirteen bucks at one stage last year. Oh, yeah. But uh, now it's now trading. Uh, no, in the uh, the high sixty cent region, it uh, closed up nearly 14%. So yeah, that real growth area of the market, the uh, the speculative end of the market, really doing pretty well at the moment. Uh, and it begs the question, uh, what's doing? What what changed from this time yesterday to what happened today? Well, I mean, you had your US dollar story, right, in terms of what was going on with the NASDAQ profits and sentiment there. Just, uh, I don't know if you want to tell that one, because I feel like that's reasonably compelling. Oh, well, I just looked at the price action. The price action tells me what I need to know. And I saw a lot of commentary about how there was earnings optimism coming through last night. Storytelling. And, uh, well, yeah, the, the, you know, as we do on the program sometimes, I go and, you go and tell the story, the narrative. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the ECB, when it, uh, no, that, obviously they've leaked uh, to a journalist, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, and uh, talking to about no, the need for a 50 basis point rate hike come tomorrow night. Our time, uh, the first move we've seen in over a decade, that just sent a rocket under the euro. The US dollar weakened, and I just watched spoos just go rocketing higher straight in response. They were up over 1% just in the back of that euro move and just built throughout the course of the session. I know we get a lot of uh, no excitement about earnings season, and, and idiosyncratic moves in individual stocks can be driven, of course, by that earnings story. 
But uh, yeah, last night, yet again, I think it was more a macro-driven story that fitted nicely around some of the narratives that we saw, uh, including when it came to after-hours trade on Wall Street. We saw that uh, Netflix come through. Only lost 970,000 subscribers in the previous quarter. Uh, Rather than the 2 million. Yeah, so yeah, maybe uh, no, uh, over-promise and under-deliver if it means losses of subscribers i don't know but uh, yeah certainly the uh, the market reaction was that was huge and uh netflix feels pretty confident they're going to go and get those uh those people back yeah i mean i i don't even want to speculate on on that i mean i, do, I don't actually understand it to be honest i mean like the whole total addressable market thing where like everyone can have almost 100 percent market share and you know every streaming device can go to the moon um yeah, Netflix has always been a head yeah. scratcher for me. But again, it's one of those stocks that has been kind of a barometer for sentiment, really, if nothing else. And that kind of storytelling that goes on um, in bull markets where everything can go to the moon, um, to, to, again, borrow a phrase that's emerged in that, in that bull mm. market. Um, but, you know, it was a solid price action. I haven't heard any kind of commentators coming out sort of screaming that this is now a buy based on the results. But you discount um, a loss of two, 2 million subscribers and the revenue hit that that will come and it's less, well, you know, the, uh, the, the hit to the top line wasn't as bad as you expected, so you've got to discount that, I guess. All right, we're talking about one of the other top performers in after-hours trading in Wall Street. Let's go and talk to one of the top performers here locally at the moment. Uh, not just Megaport, of course, it was out, but uh, Bubs uh, had a release today. Beach Energies also was out, so we thought we'd make that uh, our stocks of the day. A bit of uh, Beach and Bubs coming through. So I had a chat with uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today and Rudy Philippek van Dijk from FN Arena. Let's have a quick listen to what that had to say about those particular names. Is their time in the sun? Don't stuff it up, guys. Um, I added this one to the small cap portfolio. I'm a happy holder. I have been a bit of a Debbie Downer on this one for a long, long time, I have to say. And I have changed my mind. I think it's always good to be able to change your mind. And I have changed my mind on this one mainly because this is the golden opportunity okay. and execution now is key. Uh, but all the numbers are heading in the right way. Very simple observation. Uh, it's probably about a decade ago um, when Beach first landed on the radar of most investors, and it was trading at the time between one dollar and two dollars. Yeah. Guess where it is today? The trade one dollar and two dollars. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I would say trading purposes only, and you have to believe that there's no recession coming, right. and that the oil price stays high. There we have it. There's a view from uh, those two gentlemen speaking with Koshi earlier on today. Uh, Carl, I mentioned what was going on last night with the Euro. Funny business. Yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, should we just go and uh, give the job of doing all uh, communication policy to uh, the central banks, to a journalist, your favourite journalist? Because that <laughs> seems to be the uh, modus operandi now of this institution. They employ you know, umpteen public speakers you know, with PhDs coming out of everywhere. And, um, but we're still being left at a time where we've got to go and tell our favourite journalists a couple of days out from uh, the event what we're going to suddenly change our mind with what we're going to do with policy. What's, what's cracking there? I don't know what the rationale. Maybe, there's, maybe there is a good reason. You know, they've done their research to find that it has more impact. But, I mean, I feel with the ECB in particular that from our point of view as journalists, really, if they just got their communications right around their decision, around their policy outlook and what they were doing to start with, it'd be a much easier job to sell rather than two or three days out from a meeting where they have to leak um, a story to a favoured journalist to say, oh, you know, in two or three days' time, 50 basis points is on the table. Forget everything that we've set up until this point. Yeah, we saw the Fed do that, of course, before the meeting last month, No, you know, priming the market for a 75 basis point uh, move when they were telling us 
umpteen times beforehand that it's going to be a 50 basis point hike. And now the ECB looks to have gone down the same path. Oh, they didn't even have a reason to do it, though. Like, you know, yeah. the US CPI, like, came out before that Fed meeting. So they kind of had to just scramble. This was just like, you know, two days out. Oh, hey, mate, write this story because we, uh, we're going to do this. We haven't told anyone yet. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. Uh, I think it's hap- <laughs> I think it's I think it's haphazard the way that they're doing it at the yeah, moment. No, and, uh, if, if, and, I, and I write the newsletter today in, in no, uh, no uh, not missing my words today. I was quite angry. If you can't go and get the, the simple things like getting your communication right about what you're going to go and do, you shouldn't be in the job. No, nah, but Ligard's been like that for years. That's, that's why Philip Lane has to come out with an op-ed every two two days after every meeting just to clarify what the hell came out of their mouth, to be yeah. frank. Like it it's, just, just, it's just they're not good communicators. To me, it just reeks of panic. You know, the changing your mind on a, on a whim based off like you know, short-term and, uh, events. Uh, yeah, not good, fellas and girls. It's, uh, it's not great, though. Do better. Uh, elsewhere, I digress. Let's have a chat about some of the great uh, yarns we had on the program today. One of those I went and had uh, with uh, uh, Isaac Poole from Oriana Financial Services. Uh, he's great because he takes a macro look and then he goes and gives you some of those great ideas from an investment allocation perspective. Uh, I know what he's liking at the moment. Uh, yeah, finding some value in, in certain parts of the, uh, the global equity universe. He's a global investor. Uh, also in the fixed income space. Uh, yeah, pretty critical part of your portfolio now, he says. So well worth your while on that front. Uh, also, Matt Sherwood from Perpetual. He's mm. always fantastic. Uh, yeah, really good. Really great to know the, the strategy side of things. Uh, any takeaways from that chat? Uh, it gets, I, guess, I think it gets a little bit technical, but he explains it really well. So I, w- I wouldn't want to kind of do it any kind of injustice, but his models and the way that he is kind of anticipating the turn in stock prices based on earnings expectations and what's discounted from here basically the, the, the long and the short of it is is that we haven't seen that fully discounted yet and he puts a really compelling story um to 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 us about it so just just watch it it's really good compelling story oh yeah compelling uh compelling viewing coming up mm-hmm. uh look and uh some of the uh the folk that i know that uh, dabble in the crypto universe so they're getting pretty excited about uh, yeah. a turnaround I, I do mention that uh, you know the correlation between i uh, know cryptos and uh, what's going on with nasdaq 100 it's pretty solid at the moment but yeah. <laughs> but uh nonetheless uh, and people, people people are starting to go and ponder whether we're seeing the comeback for the coins uh we had a chat today with john dewett from zero cap to get his view as to whether now is the turnaround store or is it just a another a bear market rally, well, we will find out soon enough. Uh, certainly up again today and uh, testing that 24,000 level Bitcoiners and altcoins. Mm. Mooning to go and borrow the uh, popular vernacular in that particular realm. Yeah, yeah look, uh, not a lot coming up overnight on the, uh, the macro front. There's a few inflation readings out, but we know to expect it was going to be pretty strong inflation in Canada. We know there's going to be pretty inf- uh, strong inflation in the United Kingdom. Uh, Tesla, Tesla's going to have yes. earnings. Uh, wow, what, what do we expect from, uh, from Tesla's earnings? Apart from uh, no, probably a bit of shenanigans from Elon. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone just tries to tune in for the um, earnings call and just hear him snap at analysts every so often. Um, I've seen some photos of him too on a boat in some you know exotic part of the world recently, uh, looking very svelte. Um, but in terms of what to, to expect, for me, the big news is always when they come come up with their production numbers and everyone kind of makes their mind up then. But if they can pull off another profitable quarter, um, I know their stocks down, you know, whatever. But that's you know that's a revaluation on 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 you know that whole long long bond thing, yeah, um, a long duration bond thing. Um, but if they can continue to pull profitable um, profitable results out of their backside, which they have for a long time and defy it, I mean, they, they seem to be getting pretty close to the production guidance. The only other interesting thing though will be obviously the supply chain stuff, whether yeah. they're concerned about you know the rising input costs or ability to to to, to move 
move stuff. Yeah, you imagine they'd be impacted as well by what's going on with the Gigafactory in Berlin, uh, also in what's yeah. going on in China. So plenty of uh, no things to go and uh, and digest there. Speaking of digest, I saw a great uh, a great meme of Elon uh, being compared to a beluga whale on uh, Twitter today. <laughs> was that that megaloo creature that rocked up from Victoria's beaches? This week? Was that him? I don't know. No, I don't think it's that one. But yeah, no. um, similarities between when he was partying on the boat in Greece. Uh, yeah, <laughs> go and check it out online. Yeah, no, I, uh, I saw another one. There, I think the, the caption was, "This is what peak performance." looks like and, <laughs> i mean when you're the richest bloke in the world you might be right yeah well exactly very, very attractive he, young he, he, he can now. pay for people to be fans of his uh, regardless of what you truly yeah. think of him uh look uh, we digress it's going to be a big day tomorrow particularly tomorrow evening ecb interest rate hike mm. you know we've been having a chat about that also that gas pipeline still lots of uncertainty as to whether they'll be in a position to go and turn on the gas and if so will they go and turn on the gas and of course i'm referring to the russians there yeah. uh and a lot more earnings up as well yeah going back in time too i had a chat, a chat yesterday with prashant Yunaha from td who just was he called the obviously europe a mess um but he spoke extensively about the balance of um risks with the um energy crisis hiking rates into a slowing environment and also just the perplexing nature of the anti-fragmentation tool which could cause all sorts of funny what he called boom bust cycles going forward in um in european markets so watch that just because it's good if you're really wonky like me yeah don't worry about uh, balancing the books if you're a government uh, fiscal policy maker just go and uh, rely on the ecb to go and buy your debt that seems to be the answer Yeah, government falling apart that's all right we'll ensure that well it's not be the first time we've been doing it for a long time just under different kind of acronyms this roll out a new one each decade uh look uh yeah, so true. plenty to go and, uh, and digest over the next 24 hours carl let's go and leave it there everyone out there hope you had a fantastic day we'll see you at 8 30 a.m on bye. air tomorrow bye